G'day you mob, Pete here. This is the last installment of my little series with Kyron Down from the Mere Mortals podcast. Go and check out his podcast. Today, we talk about Guns, Germs and Steel, a book by Jared Diamond that looks at why certain cultures around the world developed what they did when they did and others didn't. We talk about why different countries and cultures are so different across the globe, despite us all being the same species, Homo sapiens. Uh, Why didn't other groups of people invent things like writing or domesticate animals or create economies and innovate like what happened in Europe and Asia over the last few thousand years? Um, Where would we be technologically if it hadn't been for the big wars of the past? You know, if we hadn't got things like the jet engine, atomic bombs and certain medical procedures, where would we be today? Uh, If Einstein and Newton hadn't been born, would someone else have come up with their theories of relativity and gravity? How are we going to look back at COVID? Which countries did well or poorly in their dealing with the pandemic? You know, what's hindsight going to give us? And lastly, crazy inventions of the past made by geniuses way ahead of their time. Things like the Jacquet draws automata and the anti-Kythera mechanism. So, without any further ado, guys, let's get into today's episode. thing there's the guns germs and steel which is jared diamond's book where he talks about he argues more historically it was it was more of the land so i think he was trying to say it's not it's not the it's people people everywhere are roughly the same and it's the the it was more decided on landscape and on you know things like germs and so like you know the americans would come and it would just wipe out the the native Indians in America, and that's why they never sort of formed, you know, societies and stuff. Like they just would get wiped out. Um, uh, but then there's other ones, other arguments where you could say it's like racial differences, just temperament, you know, are. Uh, um, and this is where it gets into like dangerous territory because it's like you know, w- what are the IQ differences between different races? What are the uh, you know, like temperament in terms of aggressiveness between different races. It's that's that's where it's like <laughs> you get in trouble for talking about those things. Well, I think I think the biggest issue is that a lot of these places didn't have domesticatable animals that that say Europe did, right? So you know they ended up with the sheep, the cow, with the goat, with the chicken, with all these you know things. Partly throughout South um, through Asia as well. But that Eurasian continent had all these animals that by chance ended up being um, able to be turned into farmable animals. And then these crops like grass and, uh, you know, that turned into um, wheat, the grasses that turned into wheat and everything that were bred. It's almost like just this geographical chance that they ended up like you. I always wonder that with the Indigenous people in Australia. I'm like, you guys were here for 60,000 years and you couldn't create a bow and arrow. You know, like yeah, yeah. over that time. And it it's the wrong way of looking at it. The, the thing is that they didn't need to. There was no, in order for them to reproduce and have more children, all they had to do, the food and everything was around them. And they found a way of doing that, you know, with the the, the skills and, and the the intelligence that they had. And there was no other push, but there was also no, you couldn't domesticate a kangaroo, you know, or some of the other large animals that were here um prior to the last ice age the huge wombats and everything in the massive kangaroos they you, they just weren't uh, i don't know how you would ever be able to domesticate an animal that hops 
<laughs> so that it can yeah. that it can pull something right you need big sturdy animals that can yeah you, you've seen videos of just um kangaroos from the like a car it's like footage from a car and it's sort of panning watching these kang like a herd of kangaroos going and they're just clearing these fences by yeah. you know it's like it'll be like a, <laughs> a meter and a half high fence and they'd clear it by an extra half a meter it's just, yeah exactly yeah, yeah exactly. no way so you're keeping it, those things yeah controlling them and then also their their build and whether or not they could be used to pull something or you know did they have any fur on them that you could shear off that could be then used for um you could just take the skin off right and and use that but I don't know. It is really interesting when you're like, fuck, they had, you know, 40 to 60,000 years and they just didn't innovate at all, really, past what they probably had when they got here. Um, mm. You know, maybe the didgeridoo and a few of these other sort of more unique tools that they ended up having and developing here that are unique to Australia. But, and it is one of those things where you're like, far out. It, it's almost lucky. You wonder if the, period that we had about 12,000 years ago when all of these domestications started happening in Europe was just such a lucky thing, you know, to, to have happened where we ended up with effectively farmers around that crescent, the um, fertile crescent that started producing different crops and then by chance ended up with these native animals that you could just build effectively a rock circle around them and they couldn't get out. <laughs> so you could yeah. have them as a constant store of food and then as a result of having those crops and animals you ended up having goods to trade which then develops a language being written down right a written language that people could use that then it just ends up exploding and you end up with with all kinds of innovations and, and the fact that you can remember things by writing them down after that right you can pass on knowledge across generations without actually having to meet anyone and speak words to them was such a huge game changer that, you know, it just exploded from there. But, yeah, it, it blows my mind that it didn't happen anywhere else because I think from what I understand about, you know, humans all over the world, there's more difference within groups than there is really between any of them. So any racial group or, or you know, ethnic group around the world could have done exactly what effectively Westerners and, and Asians did in Eurasia, but they just didn't have the... The tools around them to to do it and they didn't bother right so yeah. do you subscribe much to the great men of history argument or great figures of history so this is you know would we have discovered the you know scientific method if or or would we have discovered gravity if someone like isaac newton didn't come along would we still be yeah. i think we still would i think it would be that kind of thing it's going to happen sooner or later and this is when you go bigger than this, it would be so interesting to have a look at other alien cultures across the universe and compare them to that kind of bending of the curve when things started to really pick up in terms of developing technologies and working out these sorts of problems. It would be such an interesting scientific study to be able to do across different races that are effectively independent replications of one another, right, or replications that independent... Um, what would you say examples of that thing happening? And so, yeah, it'd be so interesting to see, does this, do they need to work out gravity before they work out this thing, you know, and, and the theory of evolution, does that come later or beforehand? What's the sort of, is there a set sequence of discoveries that happens? It always happens when I'm playing a game called Civilization Six, and they have like this, you have a set sort of 
series of things that you have to develop in order to get other things, right? You know, you have to work out gravity before you can build a bow and arrow or whatever. I mean, not a bow and arrow to give um, cannons and all these other things, right? Like you have to, you have to get certain knowledge and then you can build certain technology. And it would be really interesting to know more about what kind of sequence does that happen in across um, different intelligent life forms that end up being able to, I don't know, you know, develop electricity and civilizations like we have, whether or not they can travel through space. Is there a set sequence they have to follow or is it arbitrary? You know, do they even need to understand what evolution is to be able to develop something like penicillin to fight viruses and, and or bacteria that, that evolve or can they just stumble across it and then just you know, believe that it's God doing it and then still have the same result. So it'd be really interesting to be able to see that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I don't think it's the, you you would have these brilliant minds throughout history that I imagine made a big difference. But I think if Charles Darwin didn't publish his theory of evolution, he his sort of impetus for doing that was the fact that someone else had discovered it, right? Wallace had gone through Southeast Asia and effectively found the same things um, notice these patterns and that's why we have Wallace's line. He's like, why the fuck have we got tigers on one side and, you know, possums on the other side of this random line that goes through Southeast Asia? How is that explained? And then he sent a letter to Darwin saying, hey, I've got this idea. What do you reckon? And Darwin's like, holy shit, <laughs> he's about to, you know, beat me to the punch and publish yeah. exactly what I've been working on for three or four decades and so publish it. So I think it's one of those things where, you know, if, if Einstein hadn't come up with relativity, would we have gotten it later on? Um, I think almost certainly. And the same thing with like, you know, the the interesting thing is stuff like World War One and Two, particularly World War Two, in terms of developing things like the jet engine and the nuclear bomb. And you're kind of like, fuck. So did we get that way earlier just because we had this massive war? And it's like 100%, you know, like we there was no chance anyone was going to be suddenly spending whatever it would have been, you know, tens, hundreds of millions of dollars on these projects, um, probably billions of dollars uh, on on developing a, an atom bomb or, or the jet engine at the time because there was no need but for the fact that they were going to war, right? And um, the Americans needed some way of stopping Jap- Japan effectively or, you know, telling them there's just no point in you continuing because we'll turn the your country into rubble. So... It is crazy though when you're like, so if, if we hadn't had World War II, but we'd all still been born, you know, because that wouldn't have happened, obviously. But if we had, what would we be in right now, you know, in terms of development? Would this be the 50s? Like, would we have only just worked out how a jet engine works? Would we have had flight? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm more of a, I suppose, like, I, f- I feel like the war does, does more harm than it does good. Like, just think of how much stuff we we built only to destroy well it's just how many lives I, were lost yeah just just how much and and then you know how much mayhem caused by those lives lost how many people were just broken hearted the rest of their life and don't bother like tapped out how many people uh, you know limbless and stuff like that for the rest like a burdens on society rather than productive members you know I'm, oh, well even I'm more just of border the, shifting uh, the right and and israel <laughs> like being yeah. being created and being like Good God, guys, like talk about creating a headache for the rest of us for, you know, a century to come. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't thought of the the big investments, though. That, that, that kind of makes sense. You know, would we have, yeah, built something like a, a rocket engine, which required multiple, multiple failures to and so much well, investment? Plastics. That, that's, that's a good I point. think plastics came from the Second World War as well, I think, in large yeah. part. 
I don't know how. Oh, to so, what much, so, much, so much of the drugs did as well, you know, yeah, like yeah. meth and, and things like that. Uh, when uh, did pe- penicillin come around about that time too? Maybe a little earlier. I, I think it was. I'm not. I'm not sure that was re- war related though. I think that was just some guy. Well, I think playing around with algae and. <laughs> I think though it was. Uh, I think that that theory of germs came in from. I, I can't remember which war it was. Maybe it was a civil war in the US, but I think it was like that. That was a huge part of people working out how um, disease spread and how infection spread because you had all these people effectively fighting each other with cannons and single shot rifles and then just stabbing each other with what was on the end of the rifle, right? And so you had all these people that would get these wounds and would need amputation. And a big spreader of the disease was the guy chopping the legs off with a saw. Yeah, just, yeah. Just getting yeah. on, like, get on the table, dude. It's covered in blood. You know, there's a dead guy there. You know, it's like, pushed him off. Get on the table, dude. We're chopping your leg. Are you, you going to clean that saw? You used that saw in the last 15 guys. He's like, get on the table, dude. We're going to chop your leg off and save your life. And then I think it was one of the surgeons doing this realized that if he just washed his hands, his patients ended up having a significant, uh, you know, chance of living <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. And so, again, it's one of those things where you're like, holy crap. So, if it weren't for potentially war, at least that war at that time, we may not have gotten, um, you know, a theory of, of disease and everything as soon as we did. But when would that have happened and how? It would be interesting. It would be so interesting to know when these uh, developments would have come about without war. If we hadn't had war throughout at least the last two or 300 years where a lot of the um, industrial revolution and everything has led to these developments, how quickly would we have worked out these things that were effectively um, dependent on wars happening in our current timeline uh, to have been developed? Would they have happened much more slowly, hundreds of years later, or would it be something where because there's no war and there's not all this investment being wasted in killing one another and taking over each other's um, countries, would you would we be putting that into um, into these technologies? But then you're kind of like, well, why would you be doing that if you didn't have a need to, you know, nuke another country? Why are you going to be developing an atom bomb? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think I could be convinced either way. But, uh, yeah, my, my personal distaste, dislike of, uh, of violence of really any form is... Uh, <laughs> sort of draws me away and makes me not want to. I was thinking about the aliens as well. Like, imagine if they came here and they look at us and they're like, guys, you know, you, you could have can could have cured cancer ages ago if you just, like, mixed tortoise and rabbit together and ate it. And then we're just yeah. oh, shit. But there must be so oh, many of those things. There must be so <laughs> many of those things, right, with, like, clearing of the rainforest in the Amazon where you've, we've probably lost, you know, a whole shitload of cures to different diseases that would have been lying there you know, in some random rare plant found on the side of a, you know, pig's bum or something that yeah, you, you'll yeah. just never know about. So, yeah, yeah, it is it is difficult. And you look back on history and you're just like, you know, these people believe that um, the plague was, was spread through bad rumours in the air yeah. or whatever it was or, you know, that it was... It was it was God's will. He was spreading the plague. And you're just like, mate, it was fleas on the bum of a rat that was caris- carrying a parasite. And <laughs> that, that bit the people that were living in poor environments and that's what spread this disease that effectively can't spread like that ever again because people don't allow rats and fleas to live in their homes. <laughs> yeah, well, 100%. And in, in like 30 years' time or 40 years' time, people look back at, at COVID and just be like, man, you guys could have solved that so easily. Why don't you oh, just, man. you know. 
There'll be tons of it. China, China it, it's one of those criticisms of China where it's like there are so many things you could have done initially to shut this down, but you were trying to save face and you hid the fact that you knew this thing was spreading around your country, you know, and I think there was evidence that they'd shut down flights from Wuhan um, to other parts of China, but were letting them still go to the US. And you're just like, <laughs> like talk yeah. about, again, whether or not it was intentional, intentional, but the system that they have set up there allowed this to happen. So I'm sure... Anytime you look back at these sorts of things like the outbreak of COVID, there are going to be so many steps where you're just like, oh, my God, you guys could have avoided, you know, so many deaths or other issues that then came forth as a result of just dealing with these situations poorly or without the knowledge at the time, right? Like, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Definitely. One thing I'd, uh, I'd recommend people to check out, I, I found about this recently because my, my dad sent through this video. It's called the... Jacquet draws automata and it's these sort of three doll-like figurines that were created in let me get this right i had i had this written down because i talked about this on my own podcast um there were these they were it was in 17 let me bring it up 38 uh, essentially there were these there were like clockwork machines that this um this master clockmaker of watches and and whatnot had created and they were probably about a meter and a little bit high and they still exist to this day. You can find them in, um, I think it's a German or Swiss museum. They look like little and, dolls, right? Porcelain yeah. dolls. Yeah. And so what, so the Pierre Jacques draws automata, uh, 1768 and 1774. So around that time period, wow. there's three of them. One's the musician, one's the dra- uh, draftsman and one's a writer. So one of them, you know, you can click a button or turn a crank or something and this this doll will have a pen or a pencil in its hand and draw a figure of a cow or, or uh, an animal on a piece of paper. <laughs> the the most impressive one is called the rider, and it will you know dip get its hand get a um, an old sort of like ink um, like a quill I guess if you want to call it that yeah dip it in ink drop like shake off the droplets come over write a couple of lines and it's like it's got its hand on the table so it writes a letter moves the paper across puts it down it's just so complex and this was built yeah. in 1768 1774 yeah it's essentially a computer you know it, it's got a series of cogs and m- machines where it's like do this if this happens and you can look into its backside and the craziest thing is you can just he designed it in a way so that you can just pull out a, because I think basically it would sort of like a, a rod or something would go down, then it would follow the shape of the cog and this would dictate the, the movement of the pen of the hand mm. and then it would drop down another and sort of follow this. And so if you just replaced the, the cogs, I guess, in it with yeah, so there's like Yeah, so there's like a cylinder of these metal discs down the back in this what looks like a, a really complex clock in the yeah. back of one of these things. Obviously, the the discs are related to whatever the, the little dude is um, drawing or writing, right? Yeah. And and so, if you just wow. replace these discs with other discs, you can have an automated writing machine. Like, this, this thing can write letters. If you, you know, imagine you'd just spend a bit more time and it could have fully written out letters. It's almost like, a really, really inefficient uh, press, <laughs> like a writing uh, tool that uh, that um, what a, was it Gutenberg or, or um, 
Luther was the one who used it for um, um, spreading the the Bible and whatnot. And I was just thinking like, man, these, these things are so complex, so amazing. And this was built, you know, 350 years ago. What, uh, or, or is it 200, 250, sorry. Mm. Um, you know, what else could have been created if this had sort of just been followed a bit more, you know, uh, if if like silicon and electric like this this is before electricity really <laughs> 1768 have you seen the i think it's called the antikythera or kythera mechanism that no, ancient ha- greek mechanism that's like rusted up and it's probably was, was this sort of like a steam engine that they'd built it looks like some sort of weird computer but it's like 2000 years old it's from how, how do you what spell is it, it? So, anti, A-N-T-I, and then yep. kythera is one word, K-Y-T-H-E-R-A, and then mechanism. And I was watching a doco on this, and I think it's used for tracing the, from memory, the um, movement of the planets. But it's this ancient Greek device that was made in the first century BC. So, before Christ, right? So, 2100, 2200 years ago. and it was effectively one, one and a half thousand years ahead of its time. And again, wow. it's, it's just one of these things where you obviously had just some sort of a freak genius clockmaker type person back then who came up with this device to follow, follow the stars and the sun and the moon and the times of these um, transitions and everything and worked out the maths behind it. Again, you just sit in there and you're like, fuck me. Like without the internet, how would if someone told someone, even a mathematician, go out there and you know come up with a device like this today, and you can't use the internet, you would just be like, "That's not happening." (laughs) Yeah. Then you can't use a three D printer or you know any kind of. You didn't have iron. I think it's made from copper, right? So you're just like (laughs) bronze. It's made like inventing all of these new disciplines on the go. You know, I'll invent this new branch of mathematics to be able to understand the movement of this thing and yeah yeah it's it's crazy so learn about that check out a docker you can buy a recreation of it now and it's effectively a box and it has these different cogs and everything in it and circles that show the movement of what timing of these you know celestial bodies i think it's called the zodiac dial right so yeah yeah so it traces things like um you know the ram the bull the twins the crab leo virgo libra all of that sort of stuff and their movements and you're just like, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. man, we've been going for almost two hours. We should probably yeah, uh, wrap yeah, it think, up and I should I think, let you um, go. That's, yeah, for sure, man, for sure. No, it was, uh, it was fun, man. I could do, the, could do this for ages, but uh, one needs the camera. Uh, oh, good. A little oh, bit, good. So. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for coming on. Where can people find out more about you and me, the Mere, Mere Mortals podcast? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, just type Mere Mortals Podcast uh, wherever we put our stuff on YouTube. It's also on um, any of the uh, the podcasting platforms. And, yeah, if you if you want to hit us up, just go to any social media place. You'll find us there. So, that's, and, and uh, that's what it, is, Mere Mortals what Podcast. Is the, what's the story behind the podcast? What, who are they, Who's your audience? What are people listening <laughs> to the Mere Mortals Podcast? Man, I, I, I continually struggle with this. Like the, the the things I sort of say is like it's philosophy in the park. So all, yeah. all of the random stuff we've been talking about today, a lot of that is is what Juan and I talk about. Those are the my my co-hosts. So um, we've been friends for a very long time. So we 
yeah, we'll talk about the automata, then we'll talk about super stupid stories, then we'll talk about how, you know, like we we travel to Mexico and language things and stuff like that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, sometimes we'll, we'll pick a, a proper topic like robots or whatnot and, and dive deep into that. Um, the funny thing is, I've, I've noticed like some of the biggest interactions or, or like people giving us the biggest feedback who are like, I really love it, have been sort of like middle-aged women. And it's just... <laughs> It's just like, I, I would never have predicted that, you know, you, you predict, uh, oh yeah, it would probably be like people around sort of like us, maybe a couple of years younger than us men, most likely it was like, nah, mm-hmm. no idea. So uh, well, one of the of, interesting uh, ones for me was, I guess. was getting people from places like Texas and the US listening to the goss episodes. And I was just like, what, how did you find <laughs> the goss episodes <laughs> through the Aussie English podcast when you're a native speaker of English from Texas? You're just like. I guess the internet. <laughs> yeah, there, that's it, man. You can't can't predict um, who will enjoy what in this this world nowadays. So if you make your stuff available to all, you'll uh, you'll find random random things popping up. Awesome! Wow, Kyron, thanks so much, guys. Go check out the Mere Mortals podcast, and we'll see you next time. Pleasure, mate. We'll do it again soon. Yeah.